Welcome to Grand Slam KBO, our weekly podcast on the Korean Baseball League. On this week's episode, we look at the two new foreign players who will soon make their KBO debut. SK Wyverns release pitcher Nick Kingham. There are no immediate plans to bring back fans despite our excitement last week, but we discuss what the league had in store. There's Hall of Fame week four and our predictions for the week ahead. We're on Twitter at Grandson KBO and at Chimek Baseball. There's a new Twitter account coming up soon as well. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Grand Slam KBO. Uh, Matthew, hello, hello. Hello, hello. It's been a long week. Lots of extra inning games. And uh, then I'll be you, but I'm still feeling the effects of that meetup from yesterday. Yeah, a long week that started for us really on Tuesday. We'll definitely have a quick chat about that in a second. Um, and then as, mm. as Matt was saying, this is Matthew Kerr at GMAC Baseball. As Matthew was saying, we had a nice day out yesterday in Seoul, watched some games in a bar in the middle of the city. And um, yeah, it was good. It was a good day. We can, we can thank everybody a bit for that too. Um, Bradley Hyder also joins us today. Hello, Bradley. Hello. Happy Sunday, guys. Happy Sunday. Uh, uh, I will echo Matthew's comments about the exciting evening yesterday. I got to see some people that I knew and meet some people that I didn't. So uh, by the end of the evening, I knew everyone, and it was a great overall experience. So as I said at the introduction there, at GrantsMKBO is my Twitter handle. Matthew goes by at Baseball. But Bradley has finally joined the Twitter world. What is it, Bradley? Finally. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of talk about this Twitter thing, and uh, I've, I've done a lot of research and have determined it's probably not going away. So <laughs> I thought I would enter my hat into the Twitter sphere and see what happened. And uh, I made some connections with some interesting people, none of whom I know, but I look forward to interacting with in the future. What is your Twitter handle? I believe it is, correct me if I got this right, if I got it wrong, at Grand Slam Hider, H-I-D-E-R, all one word. Okay, so that, I believe, is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Thank so, you. At Chimek Baseball, at Grand Slam KBO, and at Grand Slam Hider, you can find the three of us on Twitter. Please get in touch, be friends of our show. Send us messages, um, tag us, whatever, retweet some stuff. And uh, yeah, we'd love to get in touch with you if you want to get in touch with us as well. Um, before we go any further, I just want to say a quick word of appreciation to ESPN for inviting the three of us to contribute to their live telecast of Keem Heroes versus Doosan Bears last Tuesday. Uh, it was a really, I mean, it was a great honor for us to be there and we thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. What added to that experience, though, was hearing from baseball fans all over the world on Twitter, YouTube, and by email. We've had offers for collaborations um, on different podcasts and such work, and we'd be absolutely delighted to work with other podcasts in the near future, so please get in touch. Um, guys, what did you make of your big screen uh, debuts on Tuesday? I uh, had a lot of fun talking to Carl Revich and Eduardo Perez. Like They're really nice people. They asked some really good questions and they 
I think they just genuinely love the game of baseball and they're happy to be sharing a new world of that with everyone else. Uh, that's kind of what we always wanted to do when we set this up three years ago, where we just want to push on, make sure that we share the love of Korean baseball with other people and then start spreading knowledge about it. So it's really nice to see them doing that. And like, I like the way that they're able to like participate and make themselves vulnerable in the fact that they aren't experts on it and they're just learning as they go with it. And honestly, I I have listened to quite a lot of the early ESPN broadcasts and the most recent one or the most recent ones, and they've been improving week by week. So I'm really excited to see what happens going forward with them. And hopefully they'll have us on again to talk about some other stuff in the future. Yeah. Uh, Bradley, what did you make of it all? I thought it was such an interesting experience, guys. That was the first time that I was on live television since my local TV channel when I was 12, year old, 12 years old in Hamilton, Ontario. I thought it was really cool just watching how they interviewed us and the guests that preceded us. And uh, I think what I want to do now is, is watch them more in a different light, those, those guys, um, to see professionals in action and, and maybe learn from some of the things that make them successful in hopes that I could apply that to our podcast when we have guests on in the future. But uh, to echo what Matthew said again, uh, I look forward to speaking with them in the future, hoping that we can bring some of our insight to their listeners um, and their viewers. If you're listening. Um, yes, um, I agree. I, I agree with all that. Um, is there anything maybe you guys wa wanted to say, but you didn't have the time or the opportunity to do so? Anything you'd like to have added in? Matthew? Yeah, I'd, I would have loved to have talked a little bit more about like uh, Korean baseball history, because you know that's kind of one of my massive interests i'm a big fan of the hats the uniforms and such like that and given it was a cube heroes game i actually had a set of uniforms lined up next to me but then it never really came up so i never got a chance to talk about them but i'd have loved to have just kind of shared what i do with the tier lists and we've got one of those coming out next week for the samsung lions with special guest thomas st john sometime next week hopefully wednesday or thursday but I'd have loved to have shared a couple of those uniforms with the guys on ESPN and let them learn a bit more about what the teams used to wear back in the day compared to what they do nowadays, because there's a lot of interesting stuff to cover there. Absolutely. Heider, last thoughts on ESPN for you. Um, I was happy with uh, everything the way it went. Uh, I don't think looking back, uh, I would have changed any of their questions. I would like to have tweaked a few of my responses, but um, I went to bed with a smile on my face and I've had a lot of positive feedback with fr from friends and family. I wouldn't change a thing on my end. Mm. Um, great. Um, it's, good to, it's good to hear all that. And then, as mentioned before, we had a nice day out yesterday at a bar called Nogari here in Seoul. Um, we got... Danny Kurtz helped a lot, did a lot of tweeting on our behalf, they set up this nice little picture of the My KBO logo, the Grand Slam KBO logo, the time, the place, and what we were doing. And yeah, I thought we had a, I thought we had a, a good day yesterday. There was 
ridiculous amounts of beer, of course, were consumed and chicken was eaten. So no complaints, I'd say, from the bar staff either. I'd say they loved having us there. Hopefully they did. Did you guys enjoy your, your Saturday afternoon in Mouledon? Absolutely loved it. It was great meeting new people. Some of the people I already knew there, some of the people I didn't, as Ida said before. But for me, it was just great hearing other people's stories and like hearing their background in the game, how they grew up with it, how they knew about all of these old players or how they were brand new to the league and just wanted to learn more about it. Like It was great seeing that kind of interaction between so many people in the game that just would otherwise maybe not have had the chance to meet up. So yeah, again, thank you very much to Danny Kurtz and the MyKBO community for joining us and uh, just sharing the love of the game. Absolutely. Shall we get cracking, guys? We're going to um, start by reviewing how the 10 teams in the KBO did over the past uh, six days of baseball. It'll be just myself and Matt doing it this week, so I will uh, give you the honors, Matthew. Who would you like to lead off with? Well, I think I'll lead off with the Doosan Bears because they've uh, had a bit of a weird week. Like, the Bears continue to split moments of dominance with KBO-ness-style meltdowns. Like, this week they went 3-3 three to three and ended up losing second place to now the second place Kium Heroes. Like, they had a narrow win via walk-off against the Hamway Eagles on Friday with runs scored in the end of night innings that basically prevented them from dropping to two and four in the week. They're now five and a half games back from first. And like, I think pitching consistency has been the biggest problem for them. Like sometimes they'll be dominant, sometimes not. And today or this week they've shipped 18 runs out of the bullpen against the heroes and then shut Hanwar out via the bullpen. And that literally was the difference between winning and losing each series. So if they want to mount a challenge for top spot going forward, they're going to have to be more consistent. Okay. Cool, thank you. Um, I will lead off with the useless Kia Tigers. Um, why not? Um, what looked like being a perfect week for the playoff chasing Tigers turned into an absolute nightmare on Sunday. Kia's bullpen blew a seemingly unassailable five-run lead in the ninth to lose their series in Changwon against the NC Dinos. They have now lost eight straight Sunday games. Uh, taking both games against Hanwha midweek is irrelevant when you can't see out games like today. Played five, won three. Next up would be uh, the LG Twins. It's been a very long week for them, with two of their games going to extra innings, including a 12th inning walk-off loss to the Samsung Lions in Daegu, which temporarily saw them drop out of the playoff spots for the first time this season. Can Maybe that was kind of a rude awakening for them, though, because after that, they managed to finish the week strongly, reclaiming the fifth spot from Samsung Lions after a 7-3 win today. Defensively, they've looked sound, and they've managed to make a contest of every game this week, but they've managed to give up a total of 100 hits and walks combined between KT and Samsung this week. So if they're going to really continue pushing on and not miss out on the fourth and fifth place spots to Samsung and Kia come October, they're really going to have to tighten up their pitching. Cool. Samsung Lions, a sloppy end to a really good week for the Lions at their Daegu home this week. Firstly, SK Wyverns were swept before LG were sent packing two games to one. Saturday's win was the closest we've come to a tie game this season, but Samsung won via walk-off walk in the 12th inning. 
one of the KBO's foreign baseball teams right now. This week, played six, one five. The Lotte Giants are continuing their established tradition of forgetting how to hit on the days that their foreign starters take the mound. They lost the midweek series to NC and the weekend series at home against the SK Wyverns. Two double plays in the eighth and ninth innings, killing any hope of pulling back today's game and rounding out a 2-4 week for the Giants. Unable to win more than three games in a week since early June, the last time they played Hanwa in a series. Lotte are continuing a slow and steady descent down the rankings and are looking less and less like playoff contenders by the week, despite Ideho and Sonoso putting up some really strong offensive numbers over the last month. Right on. Kim Hero is a good start to the week for Kim, who beat defending champions Dusan Bears two games to one at Gochak. Seen by many as the potential championship decider, the series was really high scoring with both teams splitting 49 runs over the three games. The Heroes then traveled down subway line one for the weekend series in Suwon and lost two games, including a walk-off loss on Friday. This week, Kim played six, one three. The misery continues for the Hanwha Eagles fans this week. They started the week by getting rained out on Tuesday. Then they managed to start strongly on Wednesday and actually threatened to take the first game in Gwangju. But three runs in the bottom of the ninth to walk it off kind of set the pace for them this week. They'd go on to lose game two in Gwangju before traveling to Jamshil where poor performances out of the bullpen saw them lose the lead twice against the Doosan Bears. With two walk-off losses during the week, one against Doosan, one against Kia, and a 1-4 to record this week, the Eagles did look offensively dangerous, and against a weak Lotte Giants offense, they may be eagerly looking forward to returning to Dejan and getting ready for Tuesday's series against the struggling Giants. NC Dinos, tabletopping Dinos won both series at home this week. But that only tells part of the story. They lost games one to Lotte and Kia before rebounding back to take games two and three. On Sunday, NC were trailing 6-1 in the ninth with two home runs and a triple later. They won 7-6 to condemn the Tigers to another Sunday loss. This week for the NC Dinos, played 6-1-4. And finally, the KT Wiz on my side of things. Despite outscoring opposition 39-27 this week, the Wiz only managed to pick up four victories in their games. They narrowly missed out on a fifth, thanks to an extra inning walk-off for the LG Twins. With victories against LG and the Heroes in the bag, though, the Wiz are making a very strong contention case for playoff competition later in the season. Their bullpen's been improving and has gotten over some of the hiccups in consistency, and their offense lately has just been on fire. So with series coming up against Kia and Samsung next week, this is a very good chance for them to cement their position and establish a berth for themselves in the playoff scene. And finally, the SK Wyverns. The Wyverns are just limping towards the conclusion of the 2020 season, but still found time to win a series in Busan at the weekend. They were swept in Daegu by the Samsung Lions, but won on Friday and Sunday against Lotte Giants. Having released opening day starter Nick Kingham, Wyverns fans will be hoping for some good news with his replacement if he is announced this coming week. Played six, one, two for the Inchon based SK Wyverns. And when all is said and done, this is what the current table looks like. Um, gentlemen, 
Um, NC Dinos maintained their lead over everybody else at the top of the table. We've seen some changes in the chasing pack. Uh, the, the LG Twins were outside of the playoffs 24 hours ago. They now find themselves in fourth. The Kia Tigers are back to where they spent most of the year in fifth. And the KT Wiz have jumped ahead of the Lotte Giants into seventh spot. Final thoughts on the current table before we move on to the news. Anybody have anything to say? I said it before, uh, don't count the Samsung Lions out. They have proven themselves time and time again. They were just barely over 500 this time last week, and now they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. So uh, that's definitely someone you want to be looking at in the midsection of the table. Indeed. They've had a... Sorry, Sorry. back one. Yeah, they've had a lot of stabilizing force brought in since Osung Wong returned to them. And even though he hasn't been stellar on the mound himself during his performances, just his presence and his guidance is definitely leading to improvements in the rest of the Samsung bullpen. Plus, I think that their offense has had a couple of seasons to develop and they've really got a strong grounding now for going forward and pushing towards a playoff position. Yeah, absolutely. And like speaking of form, um, Samsung Lions and KT Wiz um, have the best form in the league over the last 10 games or so. One seven, lost three for both of them. The, th the three teams directly above them, the two teams from Jamshul, Dusan Bears and LG Twins and the Kia Tigers are not exactly uh, pulling up trees at the moment. So with the fixtures that are coming up, which we'll discuss at the end of the show, both of those two teams have a magnificent opportunity to jump into the playoff spot. So... That's how the current table looks at the moment. The Dinos still lead. They're four games clear of the Kiem Heroes. The Tigers are holding on to the last playoff spot just about over the Samsung Lions, but the KT Wiz now up to seven. Uh, guys, let's have a talk about some of the main news stories there for this week. Uh, Bradley Hyder has decided to take a quick look at the two new farm players who are, are either in quarantine or about to join quarantine or about to come out of quarantine. At the moment, so can you tell us about um, Hanwha Eagles and Keem Heroes, two new pickups, please, Bradley? Okay, well, let's go alphabetically by last name, and that would have Brandon Barnes, who we've seen pictures of his arrival at Incheon International Airport. He is a 34-year-old Californian outfielder. had a uh, had a bit of a um, tour in the MLB, playing for teams including the Astros the Rockies, and the Indians. Last year, he didn't play in 2019, so I don't have much data to go on for that. But his last season was in 2018 when he played for the Indians. He had 19 at-bats and batted an average of 263. One of his notable career highlights was that in 2013, Mr. Barnes hit for the cycle. So... That is what we have to look forward to. He's posted a video online uh, expressing uh, a real keen interest in playing for his team and getting acquainted with Korean culture. So be sure to follow Mr. Barnes. Next up on the list, and we've spoken briefly about this gentleman before, is Addison Russell. He is a 26-year-old Floridian. He has played second base and shortstop. He has had a famous career playing for both the All-Star team and 
winning a World Series championship in 2016. Last year, he spent some time with the Iowa Cubs while coming off a suspension. And last year in the big leagues, 2019, he played 82 games and hit for an average of 237. So that's what we have for Mr. Russell. Okay, well then, Matt, I'll just ask you here, with all due respect to Mr. Barnes and the Hanway Eagles, the pickup of Addison Russell looks potentially season-defining for the Keem Heroes. We all expected them to go well this season. They made it as far as the Korean series last season before they got swept by Dusan Bears, but they're already a really good team, second in the table. Where does Russell fit into their lineup? What position is he going to play? And secondly, do you think that this is the sort of pickup with that amount of major league experience that could propel a team like the Heroes into not just genuine um, Korean series contenders, but perhaps the overall favorites? I think it does actually have that potential. Like you look at one of the major issues with the Heroes in the last few years, it's that it's been that somebody somewhere gets injured this is going to give them a lot more depth to rely on in their squad. And it's also going to allow them just to rotate people as and when they need to, because Addison Russell can play second, he can play short. So he can basically go through all the positions that he needs to and give guys a day off. So Kim Ha-sung, if he needs a day off, he can have it. So going turn, he's not getting any younger. He can use that day off as well. But in terms of day-to-day, if they're fielding their best players... I would say that Russell probably takes over at second and Songong Chan takes over a spot permanently on the DH and then maybe rotates in every one or two games or every uh, three or four games rather to give Russell a break. Yeah, I agree. I think he will play second base primarily. Um, The heroes are well stocked at shortstop. Um, And I think just worryingly for the rest of the league, uh, Pat Byung-ho, who's been in and out of form and injury um, for the last number of weeks or so, he definitely looks like he's beginning to motor. He's beginning to find his um, his groove again. He, he collected five RBIs against the Doosan Bears during the week, and we picked up another couple again today. He's beginning to hit home runs. He's hit three home runs this week alone. So when you add Russell's experience – big-time experience in Major League Baseball to the likes of Park Young-ho, Kim Ha-sung, who could well go to Major League Baseball next year, Lee Jong-hoon. This really looks like... I wonder, I wonder, is it too early to say this could be, you know, like the final piece in a championship-winning jigsaw, but definitely has to put them right at the top of the conversation. Oh, definitely. It's going to put them, if not as favorites, it's going to cement their offense as one of the most terrifying things for any opposing team to walk up against. Because you look at the guys they've got. You'll have Russell, you'll have Sogong Chang, Pak Byung-ho, Kim Ha-sung. You'll have Lee Ji-young, who can rake them as well. And then Kim Ha-sung, who's just been a phenomenal contact hitter, and Lee Jong-hoo. You've basically got a miniature murderer's row there for the first six or seven hitters in the lineup. Yeah, it's, a, it's superb. I said it's scary, but it's brilliant, it's exciting. Um, Heroes fans should definitely be excited about the potential for what this could mean for the team. Like As we said in a previous podcast, we're not here to discuss anything else related to Addison Russell in terms of what he can offer on the field. This is a huge pickup for them. And then Hanway Eagles, I mean, it's I really hope 
Barnes goes on to enjoy his time in Korea. Daejeon's a great city. Uh, they have a wonderful fan base if he will ever get to play in front of them. But there's not a huge amount to look forward to from a Hanwha Eagles point of view. Can we? Is there anything we can really expect from, from Barnes here other than maybe to try and play himself into contract for next season? Well, that's generally what happens when a guy comes in as a mid-season pickup. We saw it with uh, Jerry Sands when he came into Kiyum a couple of years ago, that he just had a phenomenal season. Then they were trying to throw money at him to keep him to stay. But um, I, I imagine that's going to be very much what happens. Like Brandon Barnes will arrive and they'll just say to him, right, here's the situation. We're trying to right the ship. We have a vision in mind, and this is what we want your role to be. So maybe his role will be to be a contact hitter, get on base, and give the other teammates an opportunity to get something. Or maybe he's going to be the cleanup guy, and hopefully he'll be able to kind of pick up where Jared Hoying left off. But we'll have to wait and see exactly what ends up happening with him. Yeah, replacing Jared Hoying won't be easy. He is a favorite, a firm fan favorite in Dejan. Unfortunately, his time with the Eagles came to an end the way it did. But we wish him mm. all the best and good luck to the two new players who come over. Bradley, thank you for that demonstration. Are you excited by the prospect of seeing a former World Series winner and all-star playing in the KBO? I think so. Um, it definitely gives some attention to the team, which has already generated uh, a fair amount. But I think uh, I think it's interesting. I, I don't have my numbers. I didn't do my homework to see how many former World Series champions have played in the KBO. But I do not imagine that it is an extensive list. So I think it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, and I have said time and time again, uh, a big factor in his success or failure will be his willingness to adopt to Korean culture. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely, and then we might have a well. We will have a third uh, foreign player coming in soon enough as well because the mm. SK Wyverns cut ties with their injured pitcher Nick Kingham. That's from the Yonhap News Agency headline. Unfortunately, Kingham, who did start the opening day for the Wyverns, made only two appearances and hasn't appeared on the mound since May the 12th. Um, he's had elbow issues, uh, sorry, elbow issues, and according to GOU in Yonhap News Agency, no signs of improvement. So they are searching for his replacement. I won't take up too much of your time on this, guys, but um, we've talked again, over and over again, I think, since we brought the podcast back about how the SK Wyverns are dealing with a very unlucky hand at the moment. Mm. They won the championship today in 18. They went into the last day of last season in contention for the top spot, which would have brought them straight through to the Korean series. And then since then, they've just completely nosedived. So... Kingham is now gone, and they've already lost uh, the pitchers from last year and Kim Gwang Hyun. Um, it just feels like a team that needs 2020 to end already. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Like I'd say that generally when we look at teams releasing players, they usually have someone in mind when they make the announcements. Like It happened a couple of times previously where guys got released and their replacement was announced a day, two days, three days later. So I imagine the SK Wyverns wouldn't just release him unless they've finished the scouting process. So I'm imagining we'll probably see some announcement coming out of their front office over the next few days just to say who the new player is and when we can expect the quarantine period to start. But that's another issue itself. Like guys coming in now have 
an extra two weeks or so delay. So the more they wait to make that decision, the longer that delay becomes. Yeah, indeed. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for Nick Kingham. It must have been pretty exciting to uh, pitch um, in the opening day of the KBO season, especially when it's your first year playing in this league. <clears throat> Clearly, the Wyverns thought so highly of him, but um, that's it. Unfortunately, he's gone. So as Matt was saying, we'll, we'll find out who the Wyverns are going to pick up um, hopefully this week or so. Um, let's move on, guys, then, because we didn't get to go back and watch baseball this season. We thought there was a chance it could have been back on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We were looking for tickets. But then as the week went along, there were whispers that maybe the ballparks were not going to open up. And then there didn't seem to be any sort of an announcement. Nothing was really said or done. And then just like that, the games took place last Friday, and nobody was in any of the ballparks. So the wait to bring back fans goes on. Um, we've no idea when that will be, if it, will, if it even will be at some point this season. So there's not a huge amount we can really say about that, but you saw, you both saw the, the proposals or what the KBO wanted to, to bring in to ensure um, fan safety in the ground and in the ballparks. What are your thoughts on what they wanted to do in regards to like no food from outside and no matter who, even if you're going with a friend or a boyfriend or a wife, or whatever, you weren't able to sit beside this person. Any thoughts on the on what the, the KBO wanted to do to allow fans back in? Well, uh, I, I I commend their efforts and their effort into trying to get fans back into the seats. I'm certainly not an expert of any sorts when it comes to uh, disease or public health, but I, I had no problems with any of the restrictions that they were trying to apply. I'm just just be happy to get back to baseball. Um, I mean, when I go with my buddies to the ball game, we usually set a space apart because we like to spread out. So I don't think I'd notice uh, <laughs> a big difference. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm willing to comply with any of those uh, restrictions and, and policies that the KBO puts forward if it means I get to uh, sit in a seat of one of the ballparks. Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. Anything else do you think they might want to I, like I think a lot of people didn't expect some of these suggestions that came up. Um, I understand not allowing people to drink at their seat, even though that's definitely a fun part of KBO. And as we talked about in the ESPN during the week, that's part of the fan culture. I can understand why they just don't want to do that. And it's not like alcohol is banned. That seems to be a thing that people were really stuck up on because they're still allowing people to drink in the concourses or outside the stadium, just not at your seat. Because obviously drinking at your seat increases the likelihood of just hugging a complete stranger um, during the pandemic. I can understand why they made that decision. Um, so like if that does turn out to be a thing in the future where you just can't drink at your seat, you guys don't have an issue with that. No, none whatsoever. If if you want to drink a lot of alcohol and watch baseball, you, you can do it at home with a nice big Samsung television. But if uh, if you've got to give up drinking in your seat for a couple of weeks or months, uh, so be it. Nice big Samsung television with the beer chilled in your LG fridge. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like myself, I don't see any issue with that either. Like you go to the ballpark and obviously the safety of others should be the primary concern. And that's why the league is waiting still because there's still those mini clusters and small 
spikes of infection. Like I think they were saying they wanted it to be consistently below, I believe it was 20, or it could have been below 50, or maybe even 10. But if it gets to that point where they just have a consistently low number and then they're able to reopen, then that's going to be a great time. But it makes a lot of sense because if you have a glass of beer or whatever at your seat and then you sneeze or cough or something, those droplets are going to go everywhere. So it's one time where you're not actually going to have a covering because you have to pull down your mask to drink or whatever. So that just being allowed to have that will be able to just pull it away. So I'd like to see fans back in, but hopefully they do it at the right time when everyone can be safest. Yeah, my my only I've had to nitpick a little bit in this. Like, as somebody who has to take the subway every single day in Korea, and has to take a bus almost every single day as well, um, there's obviously no one meter apart. I know, like, you have to get people to and from work, but they were saying that, like, even in the concourse of the stadium, you'd have to be, you know, areas where you're allowed to stand, you should stand this far away from the next person, especially if you're going to the concession stand or you're going to the bathroom. Because um, a lot of other aspects of life here in Korea, we just don't we just don't have to deal with those, or they're not they're not enforceable. So um, I think it would be really difficult for them to police that when the ballparks do eventually reopen. I think not allowing people to drink will definitely be something they could do to just throw you out. That's it, you're gone. I think a lot of the other mm. ones, like you know, closing that gap of one meter or one seat between somebody else, it'd be difficult for them to, to police that at the beginning, but. I remember Brad was saying on sorry, Brad was saying on ESPN the other week that he believes that Korean fans would conform to this or they would listen to the advice of the medical mm. um, authorities and the government and the KBO. And I do believe in most parts, I think it'd be very difficult to police. I don't think people will like go out of the way to break the rules, but it would just be you know, the sense of excitement. Like the, the NC Dinos game today, you're 6-1 down in the ninth, you win the game 7-6. It'd be really hard not to go crazy in the stands. So that's just, mm. it'd be difficult enough for them to please that. But I wish them all the best in their, their efforts to do so. I like the fact that they're giving people the opportunity to earn that trust that they're being given. It could potentially go entirely wrong and there could be a surge in infections after one game. But hopefully the fans will respect the protocols and follow them. And then they'll be able to improve prove the experience for everyone else just because even if you have to sit a short distance away there's nothing stopping you from like just cheering having a good time and then talking to your friend on the way out and saying what a great game it was or talking in the concourse like there are opportunities for that interaction and it's just timing it i guess so i like the fact that the league is going to be giving people that opportunity and i'm excited to see what happens my, my final thoughts on this are, and I wasn't there in the boardroom or in the Zoom meeting when these regulations were discussed, but if, um, if it keeps the people out that, that are only really there to drink and party and not follow the rules, well, then so be it. It makes it better and easier for the real fans to get their hands on, on their tickets. But, uh, yeah, good, uh, good decision all around. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Even if they said there's no beer allowed, like I just love to be in the, I love to be in the baseball park again, just watching the game, especially now that the weather is. It's a bit hot, I guess, but kind of humid. But this is peak sitting outside, shorts and a t-shirt, watching baseball. Um, I'm happy to 
to follow any of these regulations that they want us to do. I just love to be there. And I guess it's the same issue now with football as well. Like, I, again, I know this is a KBO podcast, but I'd love to be able to go watch a football game this summer. But it's mm. hard to know. Even though they've got bigger stadia in soccer, it's hard to know and we'll be able to go and do that as well. Um, I, I don't want to sound too pessimistic here, but if you guys, if somebody said to you, look, do you think this will happen this year? Like very quickly, do you think there's a chance we will be back in a ballpark? But no medical like expertise whatsoever, just just a, a hunch feeling. Yes, I do believe um, with regulations, fans will at some point either in this season or in the postseason be allowed in the ballparks. Same. I think it may be another month while Seoul gets the next wave of infections under control, but I think it should be feasible by around about August. Great. Okay. Well, we look forward to that, hopefully. Um, I think we're all dying to watch some baseball in Korea. Uh, now we're going to move on to Hall of Fame, part four. If you like a lot of madness in your baseball, KBO. Welcome to the Hall of Fame, a section every week on the podcast where Andrew Farrell, Bradley Hyder, and myself nominate one thing that is loosely related to baseball, a person, place, thing, or abstract concept, and then we leave it up to you lovely viewers to decide which of us is right and which of our nominations deserves a place in our Grand Slam KBO Hall of Fame. So we have the results in from last week. Andrew Farrell last week nominated the MyKBO Facebook page and community. I nominated the cheerleaders and Bradley Hyder pulled out his trump card and named Eric Thames. So, uh, Bradley, would you like the bad news? Uh, yeah, give it to me. So, we managed to collect a massive number of votes this week. We ended up with how many total? We ended up with 28 votes total cast this week. Did uh, you remember to cast your vote as well? <laughs> uh, I'll allow no. you to do that now so we got a massive 30 votes this week so with okay. three votes taking up the final spot we have Eric Thames three votes for Eric Thames <laughs> <laughs> no don't oh, worry boy. I tagged the man himself and he didn't respond to it either so he's a very modest gentleman and he deserves our respect I believe that yes his day to shine will come so Coming up next with 13 votes, and in second place was my KBO. Scandalous. Scandalous indeed. That's including the vote for Andrew Farrell that I believe you didn't cast again this week. And uh, yeah, the final one was, uh, I feel kind of dirty accepting this, but it's 14 votes and it's the cheerleaders for myself. So my vote originally was on my KBO, and then I realized, hang about, I have a chance to actually win this. So I may have swapped my vote over from my KBO to cheerleaders, and uh, that two-vote swing was enough to do it this week. Mm. We contacted the UN on this one. Uh, that has to be interesting. <laughs> according to the, the voting practices here of Grand Sam KBO's Hall of Fame. So Danny should, we just, should we just not vote ourselves then? I know it wouldn't have made any difference in the end um, because we're just minus one each. <laughs> so you still would have, I guess, I guess you would have won. But, um, but yeah, the cheerleaders, they deserve a lot of credit and respect for what they're doing in these tough times. But I uh, hear, come on. I'd like to know 
do we do we know who voted? You you have the names of the people who voted here, don't you? I do have the names for the ones who voted on Facebook anyway, oh. and the Twitter ones. I'll have to uh, try and look it up later. Who knows? Maybe some people double dipped on this. We'll have a recount <laughs> later, including yeah. the here, comma Matthew. Um, okay, comma Matthew can't vote on his own thing on Twitter. Right, and what's up this week? At Chimek Baseball. Yeah. This week, we have a bit of a theme for what we're going for. This week, we're going for ballpark foods. So, Bradley Hyder, would you like to start with your nomination for this week's Hall of Fame to try and get your first point on the board? Absolutely. Um, I would like to nominate what is referred to in Korean as Ojinga Dangong. And for those of you who don't know, that is a popular snack sold really in any convenience store or supermarket in the country. But it kind of is a popular snack at ball games. It is uh, basically a peanut in a spherical shell with squid flavoring. You're going to have to take my word on this. It tastes much better than it sounds. It is produced locally here by a, a snack and confectionery company, and they've been doing it since, I believe, the 1970s. So that is my vote for the Hall of Fame this week. Nice, nice. Andrew Farrell, what's your nomination? Uh, my one is less found in the ballpark, but more an experience post-game or even before the game. And that's just your quintessential, your regular, your beloved Korean barbecue, especially when it's Sam Gipsal. I don't think there's anything better in terms of the culinary experience in Korea than sitting down with a few mates with a grill in front of you um, and then barbecuing that delicious pork and then add, you know, get that piece of lettuce and then add in your, you know, kimchi, and the, the mannel, the garlic, and plus whatever the vegetables you have and you know, scrunch that up into a bowl and just eat that and uh, drink it all down with a delicious bottle of cast or height or whatever the particular restaurant is serving. So post-game, uh, leaving Jamshill Stadium at 9.30 on a Thursday night, making the short walk down to Jamshill Sane and pulling up a table at a traditional Korean barbecue restaurant and enjoying some Samgyeopsal barbecue pork. Um, I think it's one of the better experiences of living here in South Korea. Well, I'll tell you what, there is actually a section of seating inside of Munak Stadium for SK Wyverns out in Incheon. And for anyone of you who are going to make the baseball pilgrimage out to Korea to go to a KBO game, if you can somehow get hold of those seats in the outfield, there are a few of them which have built-in barbecues where you can actually grill up samgyeopsal during the game. They've even got a little roof over you just to protect you from fly balls or they'd be home run balls heading your way. Because it's a small park, and the SK Wyverns, they know how to rake them. So, my nomination for the Hall of Fame. We've had uh, Peanuts from Bradley Hyder. This one is an American staple that's actually made its way over to Korea in recent years with the Steph Hot Dog brand. However, it's not hot dogs as Americans would imagine them. I am going to be naming Hot Dogs as my Hall of Fame nomination this week. So, the way that Steph Dogs work is basically you hollow out a baguette, put some cheesy sauce inside or some sour cream inside, and then you add the hot dog in the middle of the bun. Saves a lot of mess. You just carry that to the seat with you, have a beer with it. Glorious. Yeah. yeah. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. <laughs> 
Hot dog. Food, food at ballparks in Korea, very different to not just ballparks around the world, but sporting stadiums. Any thoughts on what we can get? There are the regular things like the fried chicken, of course, we always talk about. Um, you're mm. a Burger King, burgers, etc. cetera. Uh, outside the stadium, gimbap and octopus, some unusual choices for ballparks. Uh, you can have the grilled butter squid as well. That's a lovely option. And um, in Jamshil, they started including sundae and kind of like a couple of fried things that you can get in cups to take to your seat as well. Those are some pretty cool options, like um, sundae dop-up stuff, something like that. Mm. Yeah, nice. Enjoy it all. Um, thanks very much for that, uh, guys. A vote on Facebook and on Twitter and let the whole world know that there should be an outrage over last week's vote, but we can redeem that by uh, making sure <laughs> Sam Gibson is voted top. So what do we have so far? This is week four. So what are the previous three winners, Matthew? Can you remember? Uh, the previous two winners that I nominated were Chimek and the cheerleaders. Uh, I don't recall what the other one was. You'll have to remind me because that was a very closely fought victory as well. Yeah, it was totally deserved. To be honest with you, I can't even remember either. What did I pick? What did I pick last week? It was Thundersticks. <laughs> wouldn't remember that if, if we're here for another hour or so. Okay, so it's Bradley, right. you need to uh, pick up a winner here at some point. Yeah, well, we've got to... Um, yeah, we're going to have to do something about that. But, um, <laughs> take it one week at a time. You know, if I did have success last week, it was my predictions yeah. for the week. Okay. I, pre I predicted my... NC Dinos would win four games and lose two, and they did just that. Well, that brings us on nicely then to the upcoming series. Um, we're going to wrap up our show now, but we should definitely have a chat about the, the games that are taking place this, uh, this week. There are a couple of really good series coming up. Um, first, what, do you, what, what, what kind of stands out for you guys then? Which series are you most looking forward to? between Tuesday and Sunday. I, I am crazy excited to see what happens when a team that can't hit plays a team that can't pitch. So we're going to be having Lotte versus Hanwa early on next week. And hopefully the weather is going to be kind and allow more than one of those games to happen. But... Lotte either are going to find their bats or Hanwar are going to find their pitching and find some offense in the later innings. And I actually could see Hanwar finally getting a series win. Oh, that doesn't sound good for the Lotte Giants. Hyder, uh, what are you looking for this week? What are, what are you looking out for? Well, watching my Dinos play the SK uh, Wyverns, I, I'm not expecting much but a slaughter over those three games. So what I'm really going to be looking forward to is how the NC Dinos can take apart the LG Twins. That, of course, being the weekend series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, at Jamshell right here in Seoul. So again, we're going to have to see what the Dinos do to the Twins. I'm predicting another four wins to loss uh, week for the Dinos. Okay, I think the, the series that very few people will be looking forward to takes place next weekend. 
That is the Hanoi Eagles in 10th spot hosting the SK Wyverns in 9th. Um, they've already played each other six times this season with the Wyverns uh, winning four to Hanoi's two. But you never know, as Matthew said, if they go and they, they take down the Lotte Giants in Dejan, they got a series at home against uh, the next team above them. So this is a really good opportunity for them not just to win one series, but potentially to win back-to-back series in Korean baseball in 2020. Two home series against the two teams directly above them in the table. Um, it should be really should be really exciting in a kind of a different way than maybe some of the other games are. I am looking forward to the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday series between KT Wiz and the Samsung Lions. They are right behind each other in uh, sixth and seventh in the table. But uh, the Samsung Lions could have gone to four today had they swept the LG Twins. They are two teams who are in the best form over the last 10 games in Korean baseball. And they go head-to-head in Suwon at the weekends. That's going to be a good one. So you didn't tell us, though, Farrell, how many wins do you think Kia Tigers are going to get next week? Um, how many wins are the Kia Tigers going to get? Okay, so the Tigers start... Um, they're playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at home to KT Wiz. I think they're going to take the series, basing that on not a huge amount. But Kia have got good starting pitchers. As we saw today, they don't have a bullpen anymore. Um, but I think they will take two wins off the KT Wiz in Guangzhou. And then at the weekend, they get to host the Kiem Heroes. And I will be surprised if they win more than one game there. So I'm looking at three wins for Kia, but it could be as few as two. That'll be interesting. Like for me, I think Lotte are going to have another rough week. I think they do have a chance at pulling it out against Dusan. They always seem to overachieve against one team specifically and this year it does seem to be the Bears so far but I don't know just a sneaky suspicion says that they're going to lose the series against Hanwha so I think Lotte probably end up finishing the week with three wins again three wins again okay Um, Bradley you wanted to come in there with something else uh, regards to SK Hanwha well what is it you'd like to um, you'd like to predict from that particular series Oh, I'd like to know what your prediction is, Andrew, between that uh, battle of the basement. Well, we'll call it that. Um, the <laughs> SK Wyverns and the Hanwha Eagles. Three matches. How many runs between those two teams? Or um, Wouldn't it be so funny if they were like really low scoring games, I guess neither team's offense got going. <laughs> so it'll probably be a game in that series that ends like 12-9 or 12-10, a score like that. But I would say if the over-under type of thing was nine to say 10 runs, I would say two games will finish with more than 10 runs in it. Maybe one will be a lower scoring game. So in total, it sounds like a nice easy number, but maybe 30 runs in total for the entire series. Okay, we'll have to see what happens uh, next Sunday evening when we reconvene. Yeah, so we're back next Sunday. Yeah, before we go, a final reminder, guys. Let the whole world know what your Twitter uh, handles are, um, especially relevant because Bradley finally has one. Matthew, how can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Chimek Baseball. That's C-H-I-M-A-E-K, Baseball. Hider, Bradley. One long name, one word, Grand Slam Hider, H-I-D-E-R. 
and you can find me at Grand Slam KBO, and you can find us on Twitter at um, the name as well, Grand Slam KBO, and we're on Facebook, Grand Slam KBO, and we're on. Where can you find our podcast online as well, please, Bradley? Well, you can download the the podcast and on your app at Spotify, Podcast Addict, and a place called iTunes. But we will be odd, uh, uploading this audio-only podcast to YouTube as well. I think their viewers have seen enough of us at this point. Um, although they are <laughs> getting to miss out on a very special graphic that Matthew has made for the Grandson KBO podcast. But next time we have some videos, this will appear as the opener for all our videos from now on. A, a superb piece of graphic design, Matthew. Thank you kindly. Look forward to it. It's going to be seeing its uh, Grand Slam debut next week. Hopefully sometime around about Wednesday when the second video in the tier list series, or as it's going to be called, Grand Slam KBO Ranked, where I'm going to be having a look at every Samsung Lions uniform released since 1982 and giving it a lovely little grade. Can't wait. Should be exciting. Um, oh, boys... Yes. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to everybody again here on a Sunday. Um, we'll talk to you next Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks very much for having us. And is it Tuesday yet? <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs> Have a great week. Goodbye.